Relationships are at the very core of our faith. And Jesus shows that uh, in our text for today. This, this lawyer approaches Jesus and, you know, I try to assume the best about people, but it says he was trying to test Jesus, to, to trap Jesus, to put him in a corner. But he asks a really important question. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Essentially ask the, the question of Jesus. Maybe it's one that, that we have, like of all that God wants, um, what's number one on God's list? I mean, essentially that's what, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus kind of puts all the eggs in one basket. Love God, love your neighbor. I mean, I, that seems like two baskets, but the crazy thing is, he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two. Like, everything that's in the Old Testament law, everything that God has ever said through the prophets to God's people, like all of that hangs on these two things, hangs on this idea of love. And so, I suppose there is one basket because loving God and loving neighbor are so interconnected, they're so woven together that when we're loving each other, we're loving God. And when we're loving God, we're loving each other. We kind of see that in Jesus' parable of the nations in Matthew chapter 25. If you just flip over a page or two in your Bible from our text today, um, he tells the story, it's kind of like of the end, like when God comes again and the, the king will reign in glory and the king will uh, separate the sheep from the goats. And he has a little conversation with each of the groups, but he says to the goats who are the righteous, the unrighteous on one side, the, the, the righteous on the other. And he says to the righteous, he says, you know, come and enter into your reward, into your blessing, into, your, into the kingdom. And he said, because I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And it's interesting because the, the, this, this group of people who had done this, these things were perplexed. And they were like, well, no, that's not right. Like, when did, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty? When did we, when did we visit you in prison? And you may remember Jesus' response, or the king's response, um, is that whenever you did it to the least of these, um, the, the, the least who are members of my family, you did it to me. So, that whenever I love you, I'm at the same time uh, loving Jesus. There's also that, that passage in Hebrews chapter 13, you know, where when, when you show hospitality to a stranger, uh, you might be entertaining an angel unawares. So Jesus uh, frames this as what God wants most, what God's greatest desire is relational. Uh, it's, it's love. And so relationships are essential. But we know from experience um, that relationships aren't easy. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about uh, these things. Um, our friendship with God, our friendship with friends, our friendship with strangers. Now, uh, Fred Craddock was my preaching professor at Emory, and he tells this story of a time when he was in the airport trying to get home from an out-of-town engagement, and his flight was canceled. So, 
Um, he makes a last minute reservation at uh, a motel near the airport. And the next morning was Sunday morning. And so he went on a search for uh, a church that was in walking distance of the motel. And so he asks the housekeeper and uh, she points him in the direction of a church that she said was six blocks away. And when he arrived at this little cinder block church, um, a few gathered tired souls were already uh, singing gospel hymns. Um, the preacher, he said, was a, a large man and that he was painfully awkward because of his maladies. Um, uh, his, his eyesight was poor and uh, as he moved to the pulpit, he read in uh, this crippled speech his, his sermon text for the the day which was James 2:23, which says thus the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God Craddock says this preachers opening words were Abraham was a friend of God I'm sure glad I'm not a friend of God and then he proceeded to explain why he was not, or why he was pleased not to be God's friend. And he talked about Abraham's life. Abraham was a, a pilgrim. Uh, he was a wanderer. And after years of homelessness, he, he died and was buried in a land that was not his own. Uh, he spoke of other people too, who had, had been called friends of God and had, who, who had been considered faithful um, in spite of dungeons, in, in spite of persecution, uh, in spite of fire and sword. Um, and then he concluded his sermon with the story of Teresa Avila, who was known as a, a, a friend of God by the church, uh, told her story about begging the public for funds so that she could build a, an orphanage. Uh, and uh, there were all of these setbacks uh, after flood, storm, and fire repeatedly damaged the orphanage. Uh, she said in her evening prayers to God, So this is how you treat your friends. No wonder you have so few. The preacher closed his sermon with this counsel. If you find yourself being drawn into the inner circle of the friends of God, blessed are you, but pray for the strength to bear the burden of it. Now that might... Uh, resonate with us. But this is the thing. If I'm going to have a friendship with God, I've got to want it. And you know, I think like in light of this preacher's warning, sometimes we keep God at a, at a distance. We want to keep it shallow. For whatever reason, uh, we're anxious about a relationship with, with any depth at all. And we might even feel pleased about the, the lack of, of depth. Um, and so we lock the door on our hearts. Now, I, I know about locks. I have a collection of locks. Um, the, the, the double sliding doors at the parsonage, that lock is broken. So I bought a long padlock with a key uh, so that I can lock the, the double sliding doors. I have another sliding door um, that the lock is kind of wimpy, you know, it's just a, a, a little flip that anybody could just jerk open. So I have a stick in between the door and the wall. Um, I, I have a, a small lock uh, 
uh, for my prayer box because the prayers that you put in there are confidential and I want to keep you out. I have a combination lock for my gym locker because I don't want anybody to, to, to sneak in there and steal my wallet while I'm, while I'm working out. Uh, I have a cable lock for my bicycle. I have a, a carabiner lock for my chicken coop. Uh, we lock things up. We're also good at, at locking people out. So relationships are about unlocking our locked up spaces. And Jesus says that if I want to please God, if I want to give God what God desires most, then I've got to let God in. I've got to let you in. And I've got to let the world in. I've got to let everyone know that the doors are open. So Jesus responds to this very familiar uh, passage, this very familiar statement. You need to love God with all your heart. Uh, well, how do I do that? Uh, well, you know, God's promise is that if you seek me, you'll find me. And so it starts with seeking. Like it's an, it's an intentional desire of mine to know who God is. And, and God says through the prophet Jeremiah, if you seek me, I promise I'll let you find me. Um, well, the thing is, is I can find you and still not know you. I, I can find you and, and still not love you. I mean, I, I have to know you. Uh, I've talked about this before. It's, it's about knowing, knowing, not just knowing about. Um, you know, if I know about God, I have religion, and I can have religion and still not have a relationship. I can say the creeds and I can know the liturgies, um, but do I really hear the voice of God? Can I really know that, that I have a sense of, of God's heart? Um, so I'm not after religion, even though I like it. I'm after friendship. So I have to know, not know about. Like when I went to China, Chan and I went to China to visit our son Ben, who was working there with the State Department. He took us to so many restaurants. And every single one of them, it was like this just explosion in my mouth of, oh my dear Lord, I had no idea that food could be this good. And there was this particular spice. It's this Chinese, I don't know what else to call it, but this numbing spice. And I want that spice because I want to be able to cook a meal and experience this Chinese numbing spice. Well, one time we went to this spice store over in the Biltmore Village in Asheville and there was the lady behind the counter. It was just a small store and had spices of every kind. I was so excited because I knew she'd have it. And, and I said, hey, I'm looking for a Chinese numbing spice. And she looked at me sideways like, what? And I was like, you know, and I explained it. And she was like, yeah, I'm sure we've got that. And so she took us over to, to the area where she knew she had this spice and she began to show us these spices and she began to explain them like, no, that's not it. No, you just don't know. You don't understand. And I left there empty handed like, no, you, you, you don't know this spice. You just know about spices. I got to know God, not just know about God. I can't know you unless I spend time with you. And that's the thing. So when I was um, just starting in ministry, I went to uh, Park Avenue Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida, and Reverend Peter Lord, um, who was the pastor of the church at the time, uh, he was lecturing and teaching seminars, and uh, he was talking about um, this subject, the importance of our relationships, and that there are two types of relationships, is, is how he explained it. 
you know, there, the, the first is there's a, uh, the relationship has a, a, a goal or a purpose. There's a, there's a means to it. You know, it's a means to an end. So for example, um, my air conditioning system went out. And so I'm having a conversation with the air conditioning man and I'm like, this house is only 15 years old. Like how can the air conditioning be done? And he's like, well, air conditioners don't really last much longer than that. You know, 10 years, something like that. I'm like, all right. Um, so they install a new air conditioning system in my house. Do you, do you know how much that costs? Like it was one of the most painful things to have to get the, the heating and air system fixed. Well, this is the thing about my relationship with the air conditioning man. When he, when he was finished installing the system, he didn't say, hey, Keith, would you like to hang out? You know, we can get to know each other, spend some time together. No, he wasn't interested in hanging out with me. You know what he was interested in? He was interested in my cash. And after the amount of cash I had to give him, even if he had said, hey, would you like to hang out? I probably wouldn't have. I was like, you can go hang out with my cash. No, I probably would have. The second kind of relationship is where the end or the goal is the relationship itself. There is no other external goal. There is no other purpose. Um, the relationship is the thing. And I believe that's at the heart of what Jesus is saying. Uh, Reverend Lord said there's six levels of relationship. Uh, the first one is, is stranger. You can have an unlimited number of, of uh, these types of relationships. Like all you need is good manners, you know, and use cliches like, how you doing, you know? We ask, we ask questions like that as we're walking past, indicating we really don't care how you're doing. Um, the second level of relationship is acquaintance. Now, an acquaintance I can know a lot of facts about. Like I can tell you about an acquaintance of mine. I mean, you know, they're from Connecticut. Um, they're an architect. Uh, they've got kids living somewhere in Spain. Uh, I could tell you lots of facts, but I could just reveal that I know a lot about this person. Uh, I don't really know uh, an acquaintance. Uh, the third level is companion. Now, companionship really, that's when opinions come in. You know, this is, this is what I think uh, theologically, this is what I think politically, this is my opinion about sports things. And like, well, we begin to know each other at this slightly deeper level. And this is where a lot of relationships end when I begin to know what your opinions are about stuff. Uh, the fourth level of relationship is, is brother-sister. The, the level of intimacy goes a bit deeper. Um, this is when our, our emotions come into play. Um, the fifth level is, is friend. Uh, you don't have a lot of friends because at this level of relationship, there's um, more intimacy, there's transparency. Um, we begin to share with each other uh, kind of all there is to share about us. Uh, how many people know everything about you? Well, a, a true friend is someone who knows everything about you, warts and all, and still chooses to be your friend, uh, still chooses to, to hang out with you. Uh, the sixth level um, is uh, partner. So uh, that's our relationship with 
our significant other, our spouse, our partner. Uh, it's the kind of relationship God wants with us. So uh, there was this exercise uh, at this workshop, and there was a, a, a question on, on the sheet of paper uh, that, that kind of startled me because I had never actually asked God a question and, and expected an answer, you know. Um, it said, after this lecture on the lev levels of relationship, the, qu the question was, I want you to pause for a moment and ask God where God thinks you are as it relates to your relationship with each other. And I thought about that for a little while, but I didn't have to think long, you know, like I was pastor of two United Methodist churches. I, I felt, you know, God and I are tight. Uh, I started to put partner because you know, as a 25-year-old, I knew that God and I were already at this really amazing place. And so I, I decided I'd be humble, and I put friend. You know, we're at level five. And when I, when I closed my eyes and bowed my head and prayed and asked God, God, where do you think we are? What I immediately heard, this whisper in my ear, an inaudible voice, um, God said, we're companions at best. And it kind of rocked me. You know. But I left that place knowing that my relationship with God was important, that it's what God wants more than anything else. And I did this assessment and it put me on this path. And it's a journey. Sometimes it's a, an, an up and down journey, just like our relationships with each other. So. As we begin to think about how important relationships are in our journey of faith, we need to start with this place of um, how is our friendship with God? And we make that assessment and realize that we need to unlock the door of our hearts and realize that when God comes through, there might be some challenges, but our life will never be the same. Thanks be to God. Amen.